This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to another episode of Get Started Investing. I've got the wrong notes in front of me. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own time. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome back to another episode of Get Started Investing, a podcast where we answer the most common money questions in an attempt for us all to become better investors. Now, if you are joining us for the very first time, a huge welcome. Thank you for joining the Equitymates community and starting your journey of investing. We do strongly recommend that you scroll up and start at episode one. Now, we are licensed, but we are not aware of your personal circumstances. So all information on this show is for education and entertainment purposes only. Any advice is general advice. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity mate, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode. Key reason why we invest is so we have enough money for our future selves to have choices. Mm -hmm. And the ultimate choice that we make in life is when we stop doing what we have been doing for most of our lives, working. Yeah, the ultimate... Yeah, it's where you have ultimate control of your time. Yeah. Yeah. And so... So many people that listen to this podcast, so many people that are investing uh, when they're young have this focus on FIRE, financial independence, retire early. You have been a noted Strong critic, supporter. critic of the Strong FIRE supporter. movement. But I reckon, and it's commendable, I think you've grown a lot as a person <laughs> over the past um, few years we've been doing this show and you've gone from saying... I don't want to eat rice and beans. I still, I still don't. <laughs> to being a lot more positive about the fire movement. Yeah, I mean, I've never been a critic of the end result. I've been a critic of the journey. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and, so and so that's the question we want to answer today. How much money do I need to retire? And then how much money do I need to retire early? Yes. Well, what does retire early actually mean, Ren, to you? It means not having to work. Yes. Emphasis on having to. Yeah. Like you can still. And most yeah. people that retire choose to, um, but they do it on their terms. Yeah. So some people may look at it like I want to be able to retire from work and not work before the preservation age or before the age hit superannuation. Uh, but I'm like you. It is having the choice not to have to work mm. and being able to decide when I wake up what I'm going to do today that doesn't rely on a paycheck. So Bryce, then the question becomes how much money do I need to be able to pack up my microphone <laughs> and move to a farm? Oh, <laughs> wow. That's, that's the dream, <laughs> is it? 
Well, I don't think I'm retiring in Sydney anytime soon. But that isn't that part of the whole... Well, that's the discussion that, that's we're going to have. Isn't that, part of the, isn't that part of the whole idea of figuring out how much you need? But yeah. yes, uh, how much do you need to retire early, Ren, depends on a number of factors. And there's nothing new here, but firstly, it depends on, I guess, the age at which you want to retire. Like I'm 30... Fast approaching 32. Oof. You're, um, Just you're 30. fast approaching 30, <laughs> 35. <laughs> and a lot of people in the FIRE movement set a sort of goal of I, I want to be financially independent by the time I'm 40 or yep. I want to be 45, whatever it is. Yep. So understanding the age you want to retire is a factor. Then you need to think about what type of lifestyle you want to live when you are retired. Do you want to be on a farm being a farmer or do you want to be in the middle of Sydney living the city life, then you also need to then figure out based on that what your expected expenses are going to be on a yearly basis and also what you think you can generate from the money you've saved in terms of investment returns because that is crucial to being able to survive. Yeah, definitely. And most of all, you need to figure out if you're going to have kids (laughs) because the fire movement, like I don't have kids, but... The fire movement feels like something that 20-year-olds dream yeah, of before they realise how expensive kids are. I wasn't going to start ripping on it, but if you want to go down this Oh, I'm not ripping route, on it, but it's like I would love to hear from people in the fire movement who have kids and how that changed their numbers. Yeah, I'd also like to hear from people who are in their early 20s doing fire and how they've thought about it. Yeah, it sounds because like we just like, want to hear more from the community. So yeah, hit us up. True, if you are com. doing the fire, because I think seriously, like the difference... Working out your expected expenses if you're a single person for the rest of your life could be relatively straightforward. Mm, mm. If you then bring in kids, health emergencies, like partner doesn't have any work for a while and you need to support them. Like There are so many factors that I think go into this. Yeah, I think this is probably a good time to introduce a concept called the end of history illusion because a lot of the numbers that we're going to talk about now and there's some rules of thumbs and some calculators out there but they assume that what you're – the plan you're making at 25 or for us at 30 is going to be the plan in decades to come – Which is just not. And this end of history illusion, so think about yourself now and think about how much you've changed over the past 10 years. Think about Bryce at 20, mowing lawns, selling summer days, um, sunglasses in Canberra. (laughs) Freaking good lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) And think about how much you've changed in the past 10 years. And then think about who you think you will be in 10 years. And really hard to do, but you're you, you just people just think they have changed so realize they've changed so much over the past 10 years, but don't think they'll change that much. They think who they are now is who they will be. Yeah, I actually think it's hard to think about who I was when I was 20 because really? I, I think Cause that, you're embarrassed. No, the state of thinking is it like it's hard to actually go back and think about you can you can see it, you can be like, ah. Oh. But, like, I think it's actually quite difficult. Well, I'll tell you off mic who you were at 20 because we were mates. <laughs> we still are mates. But <laughs> I think that's a really important thing mm. to just keep in mind when you're making these plans. It's like build a lot of fat into the numbers Big time. because you're going to change a lot. Big time. Yeah. The, the, so those are some of the key factors that go into figuring out how much money you'll need. But then how do we actually figure it out, Ren? Well, there is a somewhat controversial rule in finance, but it is – a useful rule. It is the 4% rule. Very common. And really what it is saying is that you can safely withdraw 4% of your 
savings, retirement savings, nest egg, whatever you've saved to retire, you can withdraw 4% of that each year without running out of money. Mm. So Bryce, how we put the 4% rule into practice, we need to start by determining how much money we want to live on. They're our annual expenses in retirement. And then you say, well, that needs to be 4%. So I times that number by 25 because four times 25 is 100. And that gives me 100%. That gives me the retirement number I'm chasing. Yeah, interesting. So simple example, if I need $40,000 a year in retirement, times that by 25, I need a million dollars in my retirement account. Uh, So that's to withdraw 4%. Is that to get a 4% return on that? Or to withdraw 4%? Well, you withdraw it, but then you expect that you are earning a return on the remainder. I did it the other way. I was like... Oh, you're just expecting like 4% dividend yield. Well, no, I was just like, uh, I need 66,000 and I'm going to be retired for 50 years. So I need like three mil because I'm just going to withdraw. I didn't actually apply the 4% rule now that I think about it. (laughs) (laughs) So what rule did you apply? I just said I need 60 grand a year and and I need to live for 50 years. Oh, so you just so said I've just gone 60 66 times 50. by 50, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the 4% rule. No, <laughs> I've, just, I've just realized that. <laughs> that's just like a straight drawdown. That's just straight drawdown, line, yeah. Which honestly is not a bad way of approaching it. Like there's a big margin of safety built in there because then you're not factoring in any, any investment return. returns. Yeah. 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 And then like if investment returns and inflation net out, then you're okay. But the 4% rule is saying um, 66,000 by 25 is 1.6 million. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me take a step back. The original study published in 1994 in the Journal of Financial Planning, if you want some light reading, found that, uh, looked at people who retired between 1926 and 1976, found that they could withdraw 4% of their retirement fund each year adjusted for inflation and not run out of money for at least three decades. And then a second study, the one that is cited a lot, the Trinity Study, came to a similar conclusion looking at a bigger data set from 1926 to 2009. So you can withdraw 4% of your retirement fund each year, which honestly, and not run out of money for three decades, but thinking about the logic behind that, it's like, well, yeah, if you just don't make any investment return, you withdraw 4% a year, that will last you 25 years. This is flawed. Yeah. If I'm, so if I'm 30, if I want to retire at 35 years of age Mm. in four years, less than four years, the 4% rule would suggest that all I, and I need 66,000 a year, call it, because that is based on the average weekly household expenditure for someone my age. Mm. That maths is telling me that I just need to get a nest egg of $1.6 million and I'm sweet. So Bryce, the key challenge with the 4% rule is that it was created and studied in the context of people retiring after a full working life. Yeah. And the 4% rule was really about retirees with a 30-year time horizon. Yeah. You're retiring in your 60s. Fire the fire movement wants more than 30 years sitting on a beach. Oh, big time. They want 50 Up to years. 50, yeah. yeah. Some want 80 years. <laughs> um, so Vanguard, shout out to them. We'll include this link in the show notes. Uh, they have published a study fueling the fire movement, updating the 4% rule for early retirement. They've looked at people with a 50-year time horizon. Okay. Unfortunately, they haven't given us a neat rule, you know, like a 1% rule. Yeah. Yeah. But what they've said is that 
when looking at the 4% rule using their internal models, a FIRE investor with a 50-year retirement horizon only has a 36% chance of success Mm. of not running out of money over those 50 years. I assume that's what success is here. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, 36% chance of success. Using the the 4%. 4% rule over 50 years. Over 50 years. years, yeah. But they haven't given what you should be plugging in. No. Yeah. No. So it really feels like if you're in the fire camp, if you're genuinely wanting to retire at 35 or 40, the best place to start is just do straight line. And yeah, then you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you're like, okay, I've got, and what we mean by straight line is what we we're talking about before. I want to be retired for 50 years and I need 60 grand a year. You're going to need about 3 million bucks with no investment return. And just That's to, where you start. And like, and just assume that the, whatever investment returns you make will net out inflation and hopefully you finish ahead, but that's just a margin of safety. Yes. That feels like a, a safe place to start. Yes. Makes your number a lot more daunting though. Well, let's, speaking of the number on the other side of this break rent, I'm going to tell you exactly how much I need to put away for the next four years to retire at 35. Great. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, so we're back answering the question, how much do I need to retire early? And we've spoken about the 4% rule, which is much more applicable to those who are very close to the actual retirement age and only need a window of about 25 or 30 years. Mm, I mean, only that's the length of our lives yeah, so far. It's still like, a it's considerable still, amount it's still of time. A big chunk, yeah. We're debating what to do if you're actually looking to retire well before and sit on the well, beach for 50 years. You say debate. You told me before the break that you're going to tell me exactly how much you need to put away to retire at 35. I'm going with the number 66,000 a year in expenses because that is just... Uh, based on the average expenditure for a single person my age. What it doesn't would, take into you, consideration. Well, a few things. First of all, you're not single. No. <laughs> Second of all, you live in the middle of Sydney. Yes. And third of all, you don't own a house. No. So I completely agree that that 60000 is probably, it's not realistic. You would pay 66000 in rent. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not realistic, but it's the average. Straight line method, I need $3.3 million by the time I'm 35 to comfortably sit on a beach for 50 years. So I need to be putting away, assuming I've got nothing now, I need to be putting away $825,000 a year for the next four years <laughs> to retire early. Wow. All right. Uh, I guess fire uh, is not on the cards for you. It is not on the cards for me, Ren, but... um. I think at the end of the day, there are plenty of fire calculators out there that can that can tell you, you know, based on what you expect to spend, how uh, what your investments are, and what you expect to be your investment return, and it'll probably give you a much more realistic number. Mm. So I think uh, just to close out this episode, we had a look at some of the big retirement organisations from around the world and what they say you need to spend in retirement. So the Association of Superannuation Funds of Australia 
estimate that couples who retire around 65 spend $66,725 a year. So that was pretty similar to what you were saying. Or for single people, $47,383 a year. The UK Pensions and Lifetime Savings Association estimate a couple would need between 30 and 50,000 pounds a year. In Canada, a 2015 study by BMO found that the retired Canadians spend 28,000 uh, a year. Things are good in Canada, I yeah. guess, cheap. Uh, in the US, US Bureau of Labor Statistics report that the typical retirement age American uh, spends $50,000 a year. But you know what all of these studies assume? You're retired and you've paid off your house. and You've paid off your house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your expenses are like a bell curve with your age. Your, when you're middle age is probably peak expenses. Yeah. Kids, f- paying off the mortgage, travel, yeah. et cetera. Early in life, you're kind of covered. Your parents are helping out. You're at uni. You don't have massive expenses. As you get older, expenses peak and then... As you head towards retirement and hit retirement, mm. your expenses start to come down. So if you're looking to retire early, think about that. Yeah. yeah. Factor that in. I think. So, well, yeah. I mean, for me, that's that's the thing. It's like I am not even going to consider this concept of fire until I am at least on the property ladder. Yeah. And I'm 30. I'm almost 31. <laughs> and I'm not on the property no. ladder. So for me... Yeah, that's it's, a, it's really, a dream state. That's a but sad anyway, state. With, with, that's a sad note to end the episode if you on. Are, if you are on the fire journey, we would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear about how you're thinking about your expenses over the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years and how you're factoring that into your fire number. And what have we missed? What have we missed? No, like I want them to tell us what we've yeah, missed. And what yeah, what we've yeah, missed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, please. Like, so reach out. Contact at equitymates.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, come on the show. And uh, continue the conversation, help us understand a little bit more about how we can get to that retire number. Well, Bryce, we set out to answer the question, how much do I need to retire early? And I think we have finished the episode by asking the question of the audience. (laughs) But I think that in itself, there is an answer there. There's not a clear number that it's like, once you hit this number, you're you're sorted because things change so much. Mm. Um, Who you are changes, what you want changes how you live, where you live changes. But it feels like getting to a million in your savings account, in your super account is a good place to start. Great place to start. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave it there. Please leave a five-star review if you can. We would really appreciate it. But otherwise, Ren, uh, we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 54069. Thanks, man.